Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm Ethan. Today we are talking about Fear Street Part 2, 1978. So, when we laughed, when we laughed... Ugh, I can't when talk. we li- live, laughed, loved. <laughs> no! We loved. <laughs> when we last left off, we had made a lot of predictions. Um, so we'll definitely be getting into that, because some of them were right, a lot of them weren't, but that's okay. So, uh, I guess first, what is everyone's initial reaction to Fear Street Part 2? Um, I- well... Uh, I enjoyed it, but I definitely don't think it was as good as the first one. Um, I I liked it quite a bit. Um, I don't know if I liked it more or less than the other one, just because, you know, we're getting them kind of at the same time, so, like, they feel like a continuous story. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does kind I of feel more like I a mini-series. Like, I, I did really like, um, I did like the new one a lot, just because we kind of got to know, like, the killer before like he started killing people and that's really kind of interesting and new and not something that happens very often in the camp horror killers um yeah yeah i thought the character work was really good in this one um i guess yeah it's hard to compare them but i honestly would kind of say i liked this one a little more just like i had more fun watching it but i think that it's a solid continuation I will say, I think I had a little more fun watching this one, mainly because um, they didn't shy away with the gore, and this is a kid's camp, so like... You see, see, I felt the exact opposite, because I felt like they deliberately, like, cut away at certain moments. Like, there's the bit where he goes back into, like, the arts and craft rooms, and they, like, pan away, and definitely I feel like this one, I felt like it was a lot more toned down than the first one. Well, they they did, and I think there were there are certain parts where like the actors are probably specifically underage, and I don't think you can show like underage people getting killed on screen. I think that's like specifically illegal, but like they did it creatively enough that I still felt like I was like, oh, holy crap! Like they're yeah, they're not fucking around. <laughs> what you got know? me, I guess, was the sound design. Like, yeah, I I guess. I would agree, like, you don't see as much in this movie, but it felt more violent to me somehow, and I think it was because of the sound design, because, like, the murderer's yeah. killing them with this axe, and you, like, hear every sound of the axe going into, like, children's skulls and stuff, and yeah. it, it was They didn't shy away with up. the war with the counselors, though, like, they got, um, they got the counselors pretty good. There were a few really good ones, like, with Alice- um, yeah. When, like, she turned around and it, like, just, like, went into her chest. And then, um, oh, at the very end with, with, uh, Cindy and Ziggy. Oh my um, gosh. When, when Cindy is, like, getting the axe in her chest over and over again, that was, like, really brutal. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so, as far as plot goes, the, the, when the movie opens, it picks up right where the last movie left off. Um, So we see C. Berman, who is the survivor from Camp Nightwing, who they had tried to get a hold of in the previous film. Um, So Dina and Josh 
have Sam like tied up in their car and they take her there and we kind of get to see some of this lady's routine like she has all these timers set up and like she locks her doors she has a dog named major tom who's super cute very cute she's also the same uh i think jillian jacobs the same actress that plays britta in community oh yeah but she does a really good job because like i couldn't i didn't realize it was her at first until i was looking through the like the credits and i was like oh wait that's her and just because like the difference between those two characters and how she performs is pretty significant yeah that's cool um so we kind of see some of her routine and like you get the sense that like she's really paranoid but it's probably for a really good reason Mm -hmm. um and so the the people from the last movie are coming and asking for her help to figure out how to save Sam. And so then we go into our flashback to 1978 and she tells them the story of what happened at the camp. Who wants to tell the story of the camp? <laughs> <laughs> we can all kind of chip in. Um, so we meet their two sisters. It's Ziggy and Cindy. Um, Cindy's one of the counselors, I think, and she's, like, friends with all these other counselors. Like, she has this boyfriend named Tommy. Um, the guy, the police chief, Nick, he's a counselor. Like, in this flashback, Mm -hmm. the police from the last movie. Um, and so Cindy's, like, kind of the responsible one. And, um kind of the good girl and Ziggy is like the weird kid so like when we first meet her she's being bullied like in a really bad yeah like these kids like tie her to a tree and hold up a lighter and they want to like set her on fire because they're like you're a witch so we're gonna burn you I'm like okay she stole 10 bucks from one of them and I think it's like based on like the um the like town wars or whatever so like yeah. the the sunny sunny veilers and the shady ciders and Ziggy is very obviously a a shady cider because like all of our protagonists so far have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and she I th- she sold ten bucks from one of them and then uh they strung her up and burned her arm and all that and then the count camp counselors have to intervene and they're like, you know we can't kick you out because like. You know, if we kick you out, then people will ask about, like, what happened to your arm and all that. And then, you know, we have a incident on our hands, and so, like, we can't kick you out. So you get one more chance. And it's like, just... <laughs> she probably didn't even do all that much, honestly. It was $10. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess in 1978, that might have been a little more. But, yeah, that, that still is yeah. kind of petty. Um... So we also, some other characters we meet are Alice and Arnie. So Alice is one of Cindy's friends, or former friends. They're kind of, like, tense between each other right now. Um, we may, when, Of course, when we meet Alice and Arnie, they're, like, uh, they're just going at it, like, having wild Yeah, they're, like, raw-dogging. <laughs> yeah, just so like that's... Totally going at it. You know, which, I was expecting something like that to happen in this movie, because I'm like, okay, camp, Friday 13th, yeah. Um, 
But they're like the partiers. They're like, yeah, sex and drugs. And yeah, but like, and I do they, like, like that to... this this movie kind of gives them a lot more explanation for like why they're like that. Because I feel like a lot of movies like this. They just put that in there because it's like, oh, in the 70s, people did drugs. So that's this person's character. But, like, they really actually take the time to kind of explain, like, yeah, these people live in Shadyside. They're super poor. They have, like, nothing to look forward to. So they use drugs to escape because, like, that's what people do. Yeah. So really, I did like that. Yeah, I I really like that too. My favorite part of the the scene where they introduce Alice um and Arnie is uh like as soon as they like cut away from like the raw dog, they like go back to to them again and then they have their pants on and it's like how'd you get your pants yeah, on? So they had their pants on very fast. It was very funny. Um, um I I guess one of the things I was a little bit surprised about with this movie though is like I, I was expecting there to be more, like, adult characters, but there's really not. Like, all the counselors are teenagers, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this just feels very unsupervised, which kind of Yeah, helps, it's pretty, like, like, having worked at a camp, it's like, that was slightly jarring to me. I was like, surely there's, like, some, I guess the only adult is the crazy nurse. Yeah, and she's not even, like, yeah. super crazy, she's yeah. just, like... Is like, you know, kind of sane, but like no one really realizes it because like what's going on yeah. is super fucked up. Okay, well, uh, so the the nurse is, um, they like reveal uh, that the nurse is the mom of one of the previous like serial killers, um, and uh, she she's the mom of like the girl who like cut people open with a razor and like sang. To them while she like did it um and like she apparently found out some stuff during her time at this camp or whatever and then at, at one point she like actually tries to kill uh cindy's boyfriend tommy and like they uh tote her off in uh in an ambulance because like tommy like knocks her out or like does i don't remember specifically but like he knocks her out and they like call 911 or whatever and um but like she says something about how she sees Tommy's name on the wall and like there's only one way out of this i can't help you other than to kill you and so she tries to murder Tommy and they're like what the fuck yeah but before that like Ziggy actually like went to go see her and like she's explaining how like um you know, sometimes people kill for a good reason and all this other stuff, and that's, like, kind of the lead-up to, like, her deciding to, to kill Tommy and all of that, because, um, spoiler alert, uh, Tommy is the next murderer. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she's found, because the nurse is all, like, doing all this research on the witch, so she has, like, the witch's book and his... There's, like, tunnels under the camp that she's found that have all this stuff from the witch. And so there's, like, this one particular rock or that has the names of everyone who is, like, one of the killers. And she notices that Tommy's name appears on it. So she's like, oh, he's going to be the next killer. So she's, like, trying to stop that. But, of course, from everyone else's perspective, it just looks like this crazy lady, like, trying to kill a teenager. And that's, yeah, so she gets- I guess uh, on our predictions... 
that was one thing that we definitely got wrong because they pretty uh i think i predicted that it would be an adult or like someone's dad or something and mm-hmm. pretty early on like i say within like the first like 10 or like 15 minutes it's like oh yeah yeah tommy's the tommy's gonna be the murderer yeah. yeah. Well, I okay. I guessed right because I said it was going to be one of the camp counselors, but like, I guess that's kind of a vague guess, really, yeah. if you think about it. So, like, <laughs> technically, I was right, but it wasn't really, you know. So we have um, after the nurse gets taken away, then um, they're going to do this capture the flag, and it's like between Shady Side and Sunny Vale, so it's like really competitive, and like these kids are getting brutal with each other. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna like kick your butt," and and like they get really insanely into this. Um, so that's happening. Like it's nighttime, and so that's happening, and they're all running around. And during while this is going on, Nick, he and Ziggy are like really bonding and becoming friends. And so he helps her Mm -hmm. lock the bully in the outhouse. Um, And there's like kind of some flirting going on. I honestly really bucket of roaches on her. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly really kind of liked it. I thought that was like kind of sweet. And there's kind of like a again, it's another kind of Romeo Juliet thing because he's like he's uh, Sunnyvale, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and And he's like he's he's related. And I could be getting this wrong, but I, he was related to, like, one of the other counselors who's, like, the mayor. And yeah, the that's right. Yeah, like, his family is very, like, prominent. So he's kind mm-hmm. of afraid to be associated with, like, someone from Shadyside, which is kind of the drama between, like, him and Ziggy. Um, yeah. Because he, like, he's already knows that he's his family's going to want him to work in city government and stuff like that. So he wants to have, like, a good reputation. Um, That's one thing we did get right, is that we got a little bit of backstory for the sheriff. Yeah. So, I'm trying to remember. Um, Oh, maybe I had guessed that the first death was going to be a counselor, now that I think about it. Which is also correct. Um, Because Arnie Arnie is the first to go. the, The druggy boyfriend. So... He gets murdered with an axe, and um, Alice and Cindy, like, run off, and they end up going into, like, the cave that's underneath the camp, and they get, like, kind of stuck down there, so they're trying to find a way out. Um, Some really great moments between them, like, this really great friendship. Uh, Marty and I kind of thought there were, like, some gay vibes going on, too. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But, like... But also just, like, a really good friendship. Like, it could really go either way. And they were, like, you know, just coming clean about, like, yeah, you know, Cindy's like, I'm sorry, like, that I kind of abandoned you and pretended not to want to be friends with you anymore. And they talk about their different ways of coping with poverty and crime and all the bad stuff that happens in their town. And so Cindy's way of coping with it was, like, to pretend that she's better than that and to try and get on the up and up and, you know, like, make something of herself and act all, like, perfect. And Alice is just like, screw that, I'm just gonna do drugs. Um, So that was, like, really sweet, I thought. I really enjoyed all of their scenes together. 
the inherent eroticism of uh, uh, fixing someone's wounds. <laughs> yes, yeah, because there's a a scene where Alice gets like uh, really. This was also really graphic. She hurts her leg, and they like show a lot. Yeah, the bone sticks out. Um, yeah, she breaks her leg, and the bone comes like right up out of her leg, and it's like really gross. But like, you shouldn't have touched the big pile of goop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a big pile of uh, slimy goop stuff in the cave. There's all sorts of weird but, stuff going on. In yeah, this and that's cave. where all of the like serial killers that get resurrected come from. They're just like black goop. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. Um, but like she like basically ends up seeing everyone's deaths and like all the deaths before then and um there's like one point where she says basically to Cindy like he's gonna kill you next or whatever because she can see like Cindy's dead body and um and then like so like on top of like all of that happening they're also looking for um Sarah Fear's hand who's like the witch yeah because like because that's she, part like, of the legend. Her hand off. Yeah. And, like, if you return the hand to, like, the witch's body, then uh, the curse gets broken or whatever. Um, so, like, they find the hand. Well, Alice does. Um, and it's, like, under the outhouse. <laughs> Which is a little weird, but, like. Yeah, because um, the tunnel system, like, they end up coming up under the outhouse because they're trying to get out of these tunnels and they're like, wait. We can climb out the toilet, out the toilet, basically. Which, which it also kind of bothers me that like there's just like a hole in the ground. Like I don't know. I guess like yeah, everyone's uh, just pooping into a hole in the ground. There's no like, but it's like uh, a cave. <laughs> this- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone, yeah. That I feel like that's not structurally safe to build an outhouse on top of. Yeah, a cave, well, like on but- top of that, like. What if someone, like, went under the cave and then, like, you were going to the bathroom and they just see your whole ass <laughs> out of a hole? I think that would be- I'd be more afraid of falling in. <laughs> yeah. I always Because, like, I imagine it must kid. smell, like, super bad there. Like, at least, like, even when I went to camps, like, if they had, like, outhouses without- I- I'm sorry we're getting into this detail, but- No, uh, go for when it. When I went to camp and they had, like, outhouses- without plumbing like at least like there was a system where you could like clean and take out uh the remains of shit and piss (laughs) yeah Yeah. they weren't just pooping into a cave yeah because like there's no real way to clean that so it's just gonna smell like that forever unless they have someone some poor like the poor nurse to go down in the cave and clean it all out like after every summer i don't want to think about that um but i guess we know that didn't happen because you didn't find the hand so yeah (laughs) yeah so they um um, they do end up finding the hand down in the like tunnels right yeah Yeah, right there's uh, like right in the by the bathroom yeah, yeah, which is really it's funny. It's like Satan's Rock or something, which is like basically where all this moss is growing from. Yeah, um, so like the hand is under there. Um, yeah, um, 
So uh, while all of this is happening, Tommy's like just going on his murder spree. So this is like when stuff gets really dark for me because these kids are playing capture the flag and like this poor little kid, this little sweet chubby boy with this cute little face and his cute little glasses (laughs) just gets like completely butchered. And it was so sad. And like Tommy just go. Yeah, like you said, he goes to the arts and crafts and like murders a bunch of people and um, so once the other camp counselors kind of realize what's going on, like once they find some dead bodies, they're like, oh, we got to leave. So they're trying to gather up all the kids and get them in one place so they can get on the bus. But like, that's hard because everyone's still out playing capture the flag. So there's like people spread out all over the camp. Um, mm, like, like literally camp counselors worst nightmare, I can imagine. <laughs> I'll let Ethan yeah. verify whether or not that's true. I mean, I- the camp I worked at, uh, th- as far as I know, there weren't any serial killers there. But, but there were the- deaths. Yeah, well, so this is... Do you guys mind if I tell a little personal story about my camping experience? Go for it. So I worked like building model rockets, and a year prior... So there's like two engines. There's like an engine to shoot like the model rocket up and another engine to like push the parachute out so it falls back. And so I guess one year they're launching it and one of the kids went down to get his without anyone knowing. So he's right in the line of fire and one of the rockets launches incorrectly and it goes down and pierces him in the chest and the second engine goes off and it pierces through his lung and they had to get a helicopter. Jesus. And so this was the class I taught. And uh, it was like the last week and there was like a leftover rocket. And I was just like, I'm just going to build it and launch it anyway because because uh, one of the kids messed those up. And uh, so it's the very last one and one of the kids is launching it. And I noticed that like, it doesn't go off correctly, and the second engine doesn't go off. So it's, like, the exact same thing that happened where, like, a kid had to get flown out to the hospital. And so this rocket's, like, falling on the ground, pointed at this kid, and I look at him, like, dead in the eye, and I just say, run. And he sprints, and, like, the uh, second engine shoots off at this kid, and it, like, barely misses him. Oh my god. That's so terrifying. So that's the... So if there are any, like... Uh, I guess Kyla and or Marty, if you guys... Or if anyone else listening wants to direct a horror movie with, like, murders at a camp, you guys can use that idea. <laughs> okay. The rockets. That we'll, would be we'll terrifying, though. Ooh, so the... um. I kind of forget where we were Sorry, at. I got so no, I got so riveted by that because that is a terrifying story. Um, oh yeah, so they found the witch's hand. They finally do end up getting out of the like caverns stuff, and the whole time, like Cindy is also trying to kind of like make up with her sister Ziggy because um, they've kind of not had a great relationship. But now Cindy's like, oh, I'm going to protect her. Like, I don't want her to be killed. And um, so they have some sweet moments together, too, as sisters. And um, eventually, like, 
they all kind of reunite and they're going to go try to bury the witch's hand where they think her body might be. But the, um, the different like killers from the past come back again, like they did in the last movie. And so the, all these different serial killers are like chasing them through the camp. Um, there's a really badass scene where like Cindy takes out Tommy but they still have all these other, like, serial killers after them. So they run to the tree where the witch was hanged because they think that's where her body would be. But when they dig it up, all they find is a rock saying the witch lives forever. And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shoot. Like, her body's not here. And um, then the killers catch up to them and just start, like, murdering mercilessly yeah, just totally Cindy and Ziggy. These two they just, like, get stabbed so many times. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Yeah, and it's like they do a close up on like their chests getting like stabbed, and um, then uh, one of I don't think Ziggy gets stabbed like except like in the side a bunch of times. Um, but like her chest is fine. Um, and then she's like legally dead at that point, and then. Uh, Nick comes up and starts resuscitating her. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's so very sweet of the Judy Bloom boy to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like um, a little thing where, like, they're talking about how much Nick likes spiders and uh, Stephen King, and they're like, maybe we can start a Stephen King book club when we get out of here. And uh, Ziggy goes, well, I don't i don't want to read any more stephen king from now on i'm literally living a stephen king book he goes, yeah okay yeah. she's like judy bloom from now on <laughs> so yes like, that was really fun that was so sweet yeah, yeah um, it was really cute yeah so and i guess there is like it is kind of a twist because like through the whole thing you know one of the sisters is the survivor but we don't really know which one because like all you knew is that the survivor's name was C. Berman, but you find out that Ziggy is not actually Ziggy's real name, because, um, you know, Ziggy Stardust, it's the 70s. Um, so uh, her real name is actually Christine, and her sister is Cindy. Um, so Cindy ends up dying, and Ziggy lives because Nick did CPR for her. And so then we get brought up to present day, um, and they're like, Which- okay, well... We Wait, have can to find. We talk about uh, how the mall. So from the very first scene in the beginning, is built around where the camp was. Yeah. Like, how so like twisted the, is that? The tree in the middle of the mall is the same tree that they uh, hung the witch at, and then also buried her hand in later. Yeah, which um, is so weird. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, you. Let's build they a just, mall like, built on, it top of- on top of it. Yeah. And like that was they were wild. just able to dig in the flower bed and find it. <laughs> yeah, cuz they're like, oh, that was now- a little weird. Yeah, cuz it's like, well, since Dina and and Sam had like, you know, come across the witch's body, they're like, oh, we know where that is, and now we have we know where the hand is cuz it's at the mall. So they're going to get the hand and try to return it and break the curse. Um and I I really like how that like really ties everything together from 
both of the movies. Oh, and then, of course, we do get a trailer for the next one, which um, looks very good. I was like, I was like, it gives me the same vibes as the movie The Witch. Yeah, I'm really excited for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I and they're like bringing back all of the like old actors from all the other ones. They're not getting new people for it, which is really interesting. Like, yeah, like they have um Dina. Well, at the end of this movie, like she gets a vision of herself where she's the witch. So mm-hmm. yeah, like they're kind of tying it back to like the characters that are in the other movies. Yeah. Um. So like everyone gets like a like an assigned. A character from 1666 and that's gonna be fun yeah um so i'm and, trying and to so think of uh, one thing uh i think we did skip on this but one thing i did notice is that only kids from uh shady side got murdered yeah oh yeah it was like only kids from shady side got murdered and then i think almost all of the um uh, murder, like, the killers were, like, either Su- Sunnyvalers, or, like, they had, like, some connection to Sunnyvale. I don't um, Well, that was for the prediction I had I made. Think- all the killers are from Shadyside, but I had made the prediction last time that, like, I think they all still have a connection to Sunnyvale. Yeah, so, like, um, Tommy's thing is, like, he's from Sunnyvale, but, like, No, he- I thought he was from Shadyside, was it not? I, yeah, thought I, thought he, was, I thought he was a Sunnyvaler. No, I thought he was from Shadyside, too. But he has the reputation of being, like, the good boy. Okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I, I totally thought that, like, he was from Sunnyvale. <laughs> but that just might be because of the way that um, they, like, frame him as, like, the good guy or whatever before he turns yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't... I think Ethan had brought this up at the beginning of the episode. Like, we do get to know him pretty well, like, before he starts murdering. I mean, we see, like, he and Cindy, and they're, like, really cute together. So I do, I did really like that. I'm like, oh, dang. Like, it makes me sad, because, like, you know, clearly he was possessed and had no idea what was going on. So I was trying to think of, like, any of our other predictions that came true. There was not skinny dipping, shockingly. I was kind of surprised about that. Um, yeah, I mean, there we was do see al- people raw dogging, so like, yeah, similar. there was also not SNL. Yeah, um, no, 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 but that- children sneaking into cabins to watch SNL, sadly. <laughs> yeah, Stephen um, King, though, so yeah, we did get Stephen King references. Um, there also was like, I like, yeah, they were pretty tasteful, I feel like, with the Friday 13th references because really, like. I guess just, like, the idea is an homage, but they didn't try to reference it too much. The only thing that was, like, really overt was, um, at one point, like, so the killer, he has this, like, sack over his head, which is what Jason wears on the second Friday 13th, like, before he gets the hockey mask. Um, and you find out the reason he has that is because, um, was it Ziggy? One of them tries to, like, suffocate him with it yeah, while he's attacking. It's, it's Ziggy. Yeah. And then he just, like, keeps it on his head. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You do you. You do you. (laughs) But that's like... like just doesn't bother. uh, He moves throughout all the scenes. It's like his, like, uh, the way he walks is very intimidating. 
Yeah, he's, like, very determined to just, like, murder a bunch of children, and he, like, the way he, like, stands and, like, his his shoulders are, like, super broad and, like, he just, like, stares at you through his eyebrows. It's very, very intimidating. Yeah. You also yeah, got a, a better look at some of the other murderers. So, uh, the milkman is, like, the one that murders Ziggy before she gets resurrected. Yeah, and he was he's creepy. really creepy looking. And we also get yeah. to see the creepy little boy, but he doesn't get to like bash anyone's head in with the baseball bat, which made me kind of Aww. sad. But maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm kind of excited to see this little boy murder someone. <laughs> every time, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, here he comes with this little baseball bat. <laughs> Yeah, I get kind of excited just because, like, a little boy just like beating someone to death with a baseball bat is kind of funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? So, what are our predictions for the next movie then? Well, I'm kind um, of curious to how it's going because, like, the whole thing was like, oh, we have to reunite the hand and the body, and then the curse is broken. And they do that at the very end of this one. So it's interesting to see, like, how that develops. Mm-hmm. Or, like, what else they mm-hmm. have to do. Yeah. yeah. My my guess is that it's probably going to be, you know, like the, like the witch a little bit. Where, like, um, these people, like, accuse this girl of witchcraft. And then, you know, in order to get out of, like being hung for something she like actually turns to witchcraft um and then like they they actually kill her or whatever and so she like has like this curse of revenge on them for it you know yeah i could see a yeah, little paranormal vibe too yeah yeah because yeah, i was thinking about it i was like well like do we think the witch is gonna be evil or sympathetic and i feel like sympathetic especially if we have like dina in her place yeah i, I think feel it's like gonna be like a mix of both. Like I think it's gonna be like uh it's sort of like I guess the ring. Maybe right? oh, where it's yeah. like she did die and like a really sad way that wasn't deserved, but like also her spirit is still angry and wants to kill everyone. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, sh- the sheriff is going to die. Yeah, oh, probably. yeah. I could see that. Either that or they'll try to pair him off with Ziggy again. But I really hope they don't do that. Because I feel like even though I liked them together in the flashbacks, their relationship in modern day, he's like kind of a jerk to her because he like basically just pretended like he didn't know what had happened. Like, he knows about the witch's curse, I feel like, and he's just in denial and is like, well, I have to do, you know, I have to bury all of this so that I can continue my family legacy and, and like, he just treats her like this crazy lady and even though, like, they went through the same trauma. So, I like him in the flashbacks, but modern day Nick, I do not like. Yeah, I think I think they did. They stopped talking like after they were kids, though. I think is the thing. But um, she still calls the like, police station sometimes. Well, yeah. Well, she called him at the end of the movie, but it was like, um, 
she like said that she needed to to talk, to talk to him specifically about the Judy Bloom book club or something. Oh yeah, as like a hint yeah. to who it was. So like, I feel like they haven't spoken in a while, and that was like their kind of code. Like, hey, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I still, yeah, I'm still with you guys. I think he's gonna die, but it'll be like a redemption kind of death, I guess. Yeah, and I thought the one, so there was, like, the one, uh, like, black janitor that was in jail in the very first one, sort of at the end, and I thought he was going to be a character in uh, this movie, but he wasn't, and... Yeah, he's I'm, not. I kind of, I don't know, I liked his character in the first one, and... Yeah, yeah I, I hope they bring him back for something. Because yeah, he gave him their, his, too. like, business card. Yeah, like, it seems like they're definitely setting him up to be an important character, so I hope they, like, follow through on that. Yeah. Yeah, because he was there at, like, the first, uh, like, the murder at the mall, which is interesting. Yeah. So the other thing I've noted, I guess we had talked a little bit last time about, like, Stranger Things and how this kind of gives us similar vibes, so the actress who who plays Ziggy is um, from Stranger Things. She plays Max, the skateboarder. But I thought she did a really good job in this movie. Um, like, I felt really, like, sympathetic for her. Like, especially those death scenes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, she acted the hell out of that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, all of the actors did really good in this movie. Like. Yeah. It's hard to find, you know, I know sometimes people, like, really like to be harsh on teenage actors especially in horror movies but like i thought everyone in this movie did such a good job and they really like gave it their all yeah and i guess i i liked how it sort of i guess mirrored I, at least i felt that it mirrored the characters from the first one like it's yeah. uh, both ziggy and uh, the main character from the first one are both like uh, we're all doomed. This town's going to destroy us. We're never going to get out. And I guess a lot of the other characters, you have like the two druggies that die in both ones. And yeah. Uh, and like I the guess, weird like, guy the that kind parallels. of is. Yeah. And then like the romantic partner is the one that like kills people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, um, what is it George Lucas always says? It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which I liked how they did that, but also at the same time, it kind of felt like, all right, like I just kind of saw this movie a little bit, like, uh, which I'm I'm not super big on the teen angst and drama. And I feel like it was a little bit stronger in the first one than it was in this one. Not that this one was bad by any means. I enjoyed it, but it just sort of felt like, all right, like, I get it. And I'm interested to see, like, if that continues in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because since it's, like, such a period piece in the third one, I feel like, but I don't know. I mean, I know that, like, teenagers in the 1600s could still have angst and drama, but, like, we just don't see it as much, so I feel like there will be less of that. But... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the other thing we had kind of mentioned is, like, um, in the last episode, one of you guys brought up that, like, you know, do these movies really need to be set in different time periods? Because it just feels like it, the same story could take place in modern day. And I did, that is, like, maybe my one criticism of this one is, like, it didn't really feel like 
taking place in the 70s was relevant, aside from, like, a really cool soundtrack. Um, like, on the one hand, I'm glad they, like, weren't super forceful with the nostalgia stuff. Aside from, like, look, it's David Bowie, which, you know, I yeah. like David Bowie, yeah. so that's fine. But, um, but I guess, like, I was kind of like, okay, but is, like, why did the story have to be in the 70s? You know, like, yeah, well, why did the it... other one have to be in the 90s? Well, I guess the original Friday the 13th, it came out in the 70s, right? So The 80s. It came out in 1980. But did it? Oh, I thought it came out. All right. Never mind. Because I was going to say, oh, it's probably like an homage, but no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, 1978 is really kind of when slasher movies did kind of start up. Because 1978 is when Halloween came out. And that is then, true. Um, a little before that, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out. So we have like quite a few different slashers already um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah hmm so do you guys have any other thoughts either about this movie or the next one um i uh i don't know what i would predict for the next one because like i don't know i there's just a lot that you know could happen because of the setting and all of that, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I have a an inkling of where it goes, and we talked about that just a second ago, but like otherwise, like this is gonna be like super new to me, so I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much of it actually takes place in the sixteen hundreds and how much is like them resolving everything in the modern day. Yeah. The trailer yeah. was all stuff from the sixteen hundreds, so I'm kind of like feel like a lot of it will but yeah i would say like this one is definitely the one i'm going into like knowing the least about it so i truly like have no idea what to expect yeah which is kind of fun i mean i i enjoy that yeah but cool. overall i say definitely uh if those of you listening haven't uh tuned in yet definitely uh you should get caught up before the third one Yes. Yeah. Definitely watch watch the first two because they they're very good. Yeah, um, and it's fun to talk about too. Like it truly is like an event, and we haven't really had like an event movie in a while. I feel like, especially with horror, because of you know stuff with theaters being shut down. But this, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just feels it feels cool. It's fun. Mm hmm. Um. Well, thank you so much for coming back to join us again, Ethan. Um, it's always yeah, really nice to have you on. To, uh, resolving this trilogy with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully someone gets killed by a model rocket in the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great way to take out the villain, honestly. Like, you could really use that. Yeah. Um, so, Ethan, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at E-J-B-B-U-G-L-E-R. All right. And you can find Netflix and Kill on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. You can also find us on our Patreon. Um, we appreciate any money that is tossed our way. And uh, until then, we'll we'll see you guys next week with the final installment of the Fear Street Trilogy. So, until yeah. then, may your nightmares be plentiful. <laughs>